0: And welcome back to the Something's Brewing podcast, episode 35. 35. The Linus Olmark episode. You can also go with the Anton Dobin episode, but I think there's only one goalie that deserves the 35 spot, and that's oh, yeah. uh Linus Olmark. But um, yeah, welcome back to episode 35 of Something's Brewing. As always, brought to you in partnership with the B with the Black and Gold Productions LLC. You can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions. Um you can follow our our Twitter account as well at Bruin Something on Twitter, no G at the end. You can follow myself at underscore Mike Sullivan, and you can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore. Um, it's been a little bit since we put out a new episode. I think it's been a little bit
1: over a week, maybe a week and I think two so. days. Yeah. A week and some change.
0: Yeah, I think I think we were planning on recording on Tuesday night, but that was the. Um, world baseball classic. that was a world baseball
1: Final. classic yeah
0: yeah so we had to give mike trout and and the boys a little bit of show hey otani Shohei hey otani Shohei Ohtani versus mike trout that was a crazy Listen, ending today not hey. to
1: i know we're a bruins or a hockey podcast not to take yeah. a little uh little off-road here dude otani's the best player in in the world
0: oh he's that's unbelievable crazy.
1: it's actually crazy because like mike trout has been unequivocally the best player in the mlb pretty much since his second year when he was 20, this dude won the MVP his first full season. He won the MVP. And ever since then it's just been his league and everybody else is just kind of running around. And it's, it's crazy. It's cool for the game of baseball that you have a player like Otani, who's such a dominant pitcher. He just hit 48 home runs a couple of years ago. And like, if he, he had like a sub 2.4 ERA last year. I mean, he could be the best pitcher in the league and the best hitter in the league. And he's an international player. I mean, it's, it's cool. To see it Dude. happen. And it's crazy enough. And like people talk about, you know, how has Edmonton not done anything with the two best players in the, yes. in the world? At least they've made it to the playoffs. I mean, the Angels. Yeah, I'm suck. Like Angels. Yeah. And they have two generation, forget about best player in the league. They have two generational talents. We might never see another Shohei Otani. And they can't even get into the playoffs. It's Dude, crazy.
0: Well, it's funny because the way the world Be- the world baseball classic ended. Um, it was obviously Mike Trout versus Shohei. And that brought a little bit of attention to Connor McDavid. And he, he said, look at what's happening right now in baseball. Everybody's talking about Shohei versus Mike Trout. It's what people want. It's best on best against each other and, and putting it all on the line for, for everything. And if I, I, he was alluding to the fact that hockey needs to do the same thing or at least something similar. I just yeah. don't understand, like, it's two different worlds. I
1: don't know exactly how yeah. you do that. Well, especially for hockey, because, I mean, I know baseball right. Baseball isn't as, it's still, I, I, I believe, I remember, I think I talked, I, mean, I talked about this with you before, where there was um, the, the ratings in terms of, like, TV ratings, all the money they make, everything of the biggest leagues in the United States. Number one was the NFL, hands yep. down, not even close. Number two, do you know what number two was? Number Two had to be probably NBA. No, it was college football. Uh, was number, you know what that that makes sense. College football was number two. Football um, dominates i think I think it was the NBA number three and the NBA number four. And then before after that, I think, uh, like boxing was on there because there was a couple of massive <laughs> boxing fights, I guess. Um, well, there I know there was like that the Logan Paul of Floyd Mayweather, which had a stupid amount because they count that shit too. Yeah. But there was literally like three or four sports like that, and then you got to the NHL. And like you look at what happened with the MLB, it, the World Baseball classic, uh, when Japan just played Korea the other day, and it was watched globally by I saw the numbers it was like 55 million people watched that game it was right. the most watched baseball game in the history of television of sports and then Japan played I think Puerto Rico and it was watched by like 52 million people the most watched world series game in history was from 1980 that had like 45 million viewers you just have two world baseball classic exhibition games that are shattering the most watched world series game of all time. And it's because it's international and like the NHL, like they need viewers. They're trying to grow the game. It makes so much sense to do some sort of global tournament like this. I know the last time that I remember, cause when, remember when, they had, years when ago, they had
0: team North America, when they yes, had team dude. North America, and, and, that and, team was and,
1: unbelievable. And like, it, it was cool because like obviously America and Canada, like you can't, You're going to have a hard time finding two countries that are bigger rivals in any sport than American and Canadian hockey. But this team had a mixture of both because it was just the phenoms from North America who were like under the age of 21. And like everybody was rooting for that team. And like that was electric. People still share clips today of that. Who who, who was that? Nathan McKinnon who got that gold? Yeah, it was People still share clips of that. And And like like, we always say
0: That's exactly what we're saying. Like, it's what people want. They want to see the best talent go against the
1: best talent. And I think for hockey, that's the best way to do it. And Um, and especially for hockey, too, because like baseball, I mean, um, a baseball, I think there was only like 16 or 20 teams in the tournament this year. And like they're not like the biggest country, the Bruins score. Yeah. DeBrusque is going to goal. Let's go.
0: Yeah. Um, by the way. So for the show we're recording right now during the Canadians game. So we're going to get some live reactions at some points. Um, and I guess this will actually tie into our little gambling segment later as well, because I'm sure plenty of you had uh, either Jake DeBrusque, anytime goal scorer. Um, I, I will give a, a, uh, a line out later that hits almost every single time i i've bet it i think six times it's hit every single time so that's a little sneak that. preview into our little uh, yeah little i'm gonna need later. that
1: i but, was gonna i was gonna say quickly though that it, you know at least for like the the world baseball classic there's like 20 countries that are represented but like if the nhl were to do something like that whether it be the olympics or if they were to do what was that tournament call we were just talking about with team north america the, and all the that world part? uh uh the world cup of hockey yeah, I mean those are massive major countries. I mean Russia's in there, you have half yep. of Europe in there, Scandinavia, US, uh Canada. Like that's a cool opportunity and and I would imagine you would have loads of viewers tuning in to see that more than you would get for your average uh I don't know, freaking cracking and coyotes game that they put on yeah. primetime or whatever the hell it is. Well, it's just
0: Well, speaking on best of best on best, um there's been Two goaltenders who are playing for the Bruins who are both on fire right now. One being Jeremy Swayman, who I, I believe in his last 16 starts is 12, 3, and 1. Um, he's, I, I believe he's got back-to-back shutouts. He could set a record tonight or tie a record with Roberto Luongo for the longest shutout streak, Um, you know, consecutive shutouts for a goalie. I believe the record was... Um, Roberto Luongo, three games in a row, plus about 25 minutes before he let up another goal. So Jeremy Swayman is kind of knocking on the door of that record, but there's been a minute discussion amongst a couple, you know, a, a crowd on Twitter that now wants to see Swayman start in the playoffs. They say, ride the hot hand. They say, you got this guy who's been playing so unbelievably good. Go with sway in the playoffs. Now, I wanna ask you obviously we're we're both on the same page with this. You you still go Allmark to start the playoffs.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um I think if the playoffs were to start tomorrow you might have a you know a little bit more of an argument, I, obviously. Like you just even think so? No, I mean I would I would still go all definitely, even if yeah. the playoffs started tomorrow. Even though I mean I know Swayman's coming off of back to back shutouts, and you just said he has a chance to to match history or get even close to history if he can get a third. But right. um, you know Swayman Swayman has had some really really bad games this year. Yeah I mean we exactly. always talk about Like he struggled mightily At the beginning of the year When people were I mean I know right now I believe he's He's like top I think he's like fourth In save percentage And he's like top 10 In goals against average Or that might be flipped And yeah he's definitely Played great Like the last month or so um, Especially this last week And a half yeah. But Omar has been hot For six months Like exactly. I get he, That Swayman's been hot For you know A couple of weeks now But you're talking about Six he, months of hockey He's the runaway
0: Vesna favorite right now, and people yeah. are talking about starting our our basically backup goalie in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and, and talk I mean, about and it, opposite sides of the spectrum too. Like you said, in the beginning of the year when he was struggling, there was a giant, uh, you know, amount of people that were saying send him to Providence or trade him. You know, you got Omark. Yeah, people aren't patient. Then they're so reactionary. You've seen Omark. Stay hot for, like you said, six months, literally all season. He's been the best goalie in the league. And now you're seeing Jeremy Swayman kind of ride a hot streak right now. And all of a sudden there's people switching up on Allmark. It makes yeah. no sense. It's crazy.
1: I mean, Olmark is better than Swayman. Like, yes. it, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. A hot take. Like, I understand that Swayman's <laughs> playing great. And like, don't get me wrong. I'm pumped. I love Swayman. Sully and I have been here pumping these guys tires all year. When people were saying at the beginning of the year, when Swayman was struggling, that he should be sent down. We were here saying, you guys are stupid. Let's not do that. When people right. were saying we should trade Swayman at the trade down, deadline to really bolster this team. We were saying, you're stupid. Let's so not do that. <laughs> so like, it doesn't, it, it just like, it, if the playoffs start, you want, your best players out there on the ice, because nine times out of 10, your best players are the ones who are going to give you the best chance to win. Now, let's say the Bruins start Swayman for the first round. Okay, no, let's say this. The Bruins start yeah. Olmark in the first round and they lose, right? You go, damn, that sucks, man. But we, I mean, it's a horrible loss, but we did everything we could do. Now, if the Bruins start Swayman in the first round and they lose, you know, everybody's saying, man, if we started Olmark, that could have mm-hmm. been different.
0: Exactly. People were, people were literally saying, if you trade Swayman, you're going to be okay because you have Keith Kincaid who can come and play back. <laughs> yeah, literally. So the the fact that I, I understand where people are coming from in terms of riding the hot hand, but the hot hand in Swayman has been hot for about a month and a half. Your other hot hand has been hot all season long.
1: And he's, yeah. he's the best goalie in the NHL right now. And that yeah, shouldn't be a debate. And he's literally making history. Like he's having yes. one of the greatest seasons a goalie's ever had. He was uh, the first, of however many wins that he get, like first the 40 wins or some shit. He has like one of, if not the best goalie winning percentage that anybody's ever had in a single season i mean right. he's about to have a sub two goals against average i don't know off the top of my head but i'm trying to think back of goalies who have done that since 2000 i would like i would assume it's not many he's Can't a player be. when when guys look at the list of Hart nominees and they don't see linus Omark on there his name starts trending on twitter like right. he is the best goalie in the league right now this season he's the best goalie in the league this season he's the number one goalie heading into the playoffs you have 10 million reasons to start Olmark. But if you want to get cute and you say, well, you know, Swayman's been playing. Well, what happens if you start Swayman game one and he shits his pants like he has 10 times this year? What happens if all of a sudden the other team scores a goal on the first shot of the game? Which they have (laughs) like six times this year. Which has been kind of a trend this season for like I love Swayman and he's he's had a fantastic year, especially with everything that he dealt with at the beginning of the year playing wise. But right. it like you can't just ignore the last forty one starts, forty two now with this game tonight that Olmark has had, and and justify him not going in to start a playoff series because Swayman's played well for like six games. Right. Like I understand you want to ride the hot hand, and that's why I say if there's one game, one must win game tomorrow, and this could look a lot differently if. Uh, you know, Omar, the Bruins lose seven, nothing to the Canadians tonight. Cause Omar craps his pants, but they're up to nothing right now. But that's why <laughs> I, I think it's more of a discussion of if the, if the playoffs start tomorrow, Swayman or Omar, who do you want to go in? I think that, I think most people would still rightfully, in my opinion, say Omar, I could understand more. So people saying Swayman because he's been so hot lately, but yeah, like I, the playoffs start in like three weeks or whatever, like a month and you need your best player out there for seven games, potentially not just one. And that right. you want Omar doing that because he's shown throughout the year. He's consistent from a game to game, to game, to game basis. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think, sorry, I think a lot of the confusion or not confusion, but I think people might get worried too. Cause like, you don't have any playoff experience really from either of them. Like right. Omar That's started true. like two games. That's a games. good point. That's Omar a good started point. two games and like, defecated all over the ice. He sucked. And Swayman started, I think he started like five games last year. I could have that wrong, but he put up fairly respectable numbers, but it's such a small sample size between Olmark and Swayman in terms of their playoff production that like, I think a lot of people in like, especially in the city of Boston and like this Bruins team, we've had a lot of regular season success, but as we've seen in the past, it doesn't always translate to the playoffs. So yeah. like, you want to see what these guys can do come playoff time. And we just haven't really been able to see it yet.
0: So Linus Allmark in the playoffs, he's started two games. He's 0-2. Um, he's let in eight goals. He's got a goals against a 4.16 and a save percentage of 0.860. But I mean that's in a that's in two games. And I'm I can guarantee you those numbers are gonna go up this season. I would hope so. <laughs> now for Jeremy Swayman. Jeremy Swayman in the playoffs, he has a he started six games. He's five in, or I'm sorry, he, he started six games, or Jesus. He started five games, but his record is three and three. So he's he's played in six. Um, He's let up 14 goals. That's a goals against average of 2.67 and a save percentage of 906, which, again, like we were just saying, it's a very small sample size. So you, this is going to really be the first season where you see, potentially what they're made of in a deep playoff run and if they're going to be able to stand up to the endurance of a a deep run that this team should be capable of going on or if they're going to you know kind of falter and i don't think they'll falter i think they're both going to be fine
1: yeah i think that you know rightfully so i think people look at Oh, Marks, those two games you just mentioned, I mean, they sound like some pretty horrible performances, eight goals in two games. And it sounds like he got pulled in the second one, I'm assuming. So eight goals in less than six periods. I mean, I would be concerned too, if that was your number one goalie heading into the playoffs. But after looking at this season that he's been putting up, I mean, the guy has like almost a 940 save percentage. Like, come on. Like you can't reasonably expect that he's going to go out there and put up similar numbers to what he did in the playoffs years prior like this is a different team it's a different Olmark and for that I think he rightfully should get the start
0: no I want to tell you or I want to ask you a question so obviously there's some injuries in the lineup right now there's no Taylor Hall there's no Nick Felino and I'm blanking on somebody else there's somebody else or no I'm sorry Orlov was out the other night but that wasn't injury related but so obviously Taylor Hall and Nick Felino are out right now so without those two in the lineup, the forward group is still extremely deep. You got Marshawn, Bergeron, JD on the front. You got Zaka, Krejci, and Pasta, second line. Bertuzzi, Coyle, Frederick on the third. Greer, Noshik, and Hathaway on the fourth. Now, what What? do you? What, who do you go with when those guys come back? Who do you sit? Who do you keep in the lineup? Because like, I don't know. All, all of these guys could
1: play. We might as well yeah. put a fifth line out there. Yeah, no, I was, I just had this conversation with my dad the other day and like we were running through the lines and I thought I, I perfected like the perfect line. And he was like, well, you forgot about Hathaway. And I was like, oh my God, Like they have so many players. So this yeah. is what I would do. My top line would be uh, everybody's healthy. Marchand, Bergeron, DeBrusque. I think everybody's pretty much sold on that top line It works when healthy. You I know. feel good about them leading your offense heading into the playoffs. My second line, now this is where it gets a little a little funky for me, right? Because on one hand, you have the check line, and that chemistry is something fierce. Yeah, you can't lose that. It's but it's, at the, at the same time, I want to get Taylor Hall going, and yeah. I like I wouldn't mind having Taylor Hall, Krejci, and Pasta on that second line. Okay, but but like that's where i kind of get confused because that check line like zaka is wheeling and dealing did you see that gold had the Zokka. other day when he yes, that dude. freaking snipe that, that he was on like, that was a rifle yeah that was whole, so, i didn't oh even see goodness. him release the puck next thing i knew the light was going off and people were standing i was like what what the hell is there a never mind i was like what the hell is going on <laughs> in the stadium right now
0: um no I mean, but i dude, think if you if you really look at it I th- I think personally, like you said, you keep that first line together. You keep Marshawn, Bergeron, uh, and DeBrusque, um as the first unit. JD's producing at a first-line winger role right now and at a first-line winger pace, so you don't move that. Um, I think you cre- I think you keep the check line, and if if Hall still isn't producing, you can kind of mix and mash them in there, but I think you second line, you stick with Zaka, Krejci, Pasa, and then third line, like, who are you moving? Are you going to... Because when Taylor Hall comes back, you're either moving Bertuzzi or Frederick. And the way and the way Frederick's producing right now, I mean, he's got 16 goals in the season. He's having a career year. Um, He produces with Coyle. Like, are you gonna bump him down to the fourth? Obviously, you're like Bertuzzi's not gonna go down to the fourth.
1: Yeah, I think. uh, Well, what I would do is if Taylor Hall can come back before the playoffs start. I would I would put him on the second line to see if you can get him going, see what he can produce. I don't think he's going to come back before the playoffs start. It doesn't really seem like it. So I think I would ultimately end up ruling with a check line for the second line. Yeah. I would do I would do Taylor Hall, Coil, and I think I would I would do Bertuzzi. Because you can get yeah. more from Bertuzzi. I understand that uh Trent Frederick is is scratching and clawing his way into a 20 goal season, but Bertuzzi's a guy who's had a 30 goal season and back to back 20 goal seasons. Like this he's is a got goal his score. Tonight. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Miss that anytime, damn it. I mean, he's a scrappy dude and and also his playmaking ability. If you yes. can get Taylor Hall going with some of those passes he's been making. That's yes. dangerous. Now well, the fourth we, line. We so. said
0: that last. No, we we said that last week too, it, with because you pointed it out. Um, how sick Bertuzzi? He's got, is got eyes the in call.
1: the back of his head. Yeah,
0: yeah like because we were saying like he he just you can kind of tell he maps out the play before he creates it, but you put Taylor Hall on a line with Tyler Bertuzzi. A play with playmaking ability that he has with and the goal scoring ability that Taylor Hall we all know has in him. It hasn't really come out this season yet. Maybe he's saving it for the playoffs. But I mean if you can link those two up, and then that could really become a deadly third line. Yeah, yeah. Especially
1: like just thinking about like being a third liner on another team going against that lineup. Like I don't want to play I don't want to play Bertuzzi because he's a pest and he's annoying. And he's also a damn good player. I don't want to play Taylor Hall because the guy is an offensive weapon. As yeah. we've seen from his New Jersey days, we're just trying to kind of unlock him and get him going here for the playoffs. And like Charlie Coyle, when he wants to, can can be like a borderline first line center. Yeah. He is so yeah, strong with the puck. He's so great in the face. Like that is a third line I do not want to play against. And that's when it gets really hard because now you got one line left and you got about six players you could throw in there. Yeah. And we're I not think, even
0: and we're not even talking about Lauco either.
1: Yeah, I know. I think everybody healthy. Nick Felino has to play. Yep. He's your Agreed. he's your left winger. Center. I think I gotta go no for center.
0: Yep. I mean his like just his skill set on the penalty kill and his yeah. base off ability. And he's too.
1: a he's a big body too. I like having yes. those big frame centers. That's what because even like Bergeron, he he's he's like six one. Like yeah, he's, he's a big he's guy, he's than hard think. to move. Krejci, I don't I don't know off the top of my head how tall Krejci is. I know he doesn't have the biggest frame, but I mean Coyle's a big dog. No sick's a, <laughs> a big guy too. So yeah. that leaves the right wing. And you have what? Between uh you could put Frederick there, you could put Hathaway there, you could put AJ Greer there. Although I yeah. think he's kind of I wouldn't. I think I, I think, would probably I think when
0: Hathaway came here, he kind of took that that fourth line grind kind of yeah, roll. Away from yeah.
1: I think, I think I would, it, it kills me to say this. I think it would start halfway on that fourth line over, yeah. over Trent Frederick, but it's not a demotion. Really? I just, I think I would. Yeah. Just because I just feel like that's what you need from your fourth line. In a playoff series, to grit, to grind, to do the dirty shit, to piss people off, to get scrums going for the net, just to get shit going, because it's not a regular season game; it's a seven right. game series. You want to get in these guys' head, and tr- believe me, Trent Frederick can definitely do that. The guy's been a couple assists away from like three or four to Gord- three or four Gordie Howe hat tricks this year, but I just look at. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like Hathaway was Hathaway part of that 2018 team that won a cup. Yes, yes, he was. I mean, he's a Stanley Cup champion. He's in his 30s. I imagine him having a leadership role. I don't know. I think I think that the Bruins, and you can tell me if I'm stupid, but I feel like in in the Bruins playoff scenario when they're coming with lines i feel like they have goal scores they have puck movers they have yeah. guys who can do what Trent frederick can do on every other line but you need those kind of guys who's going to go in the dirty corners who's going to hit people who's going to piss people off who might you know slash two-handed guy in the back of the leg or pull a guy down in front of the net and i feel like that's what Hathaway does better than anybody but yeah. it's a good it's a it's a good situation to be in when you got two players who can make a difference like that They're well, flying the- right wing
0: and the thing is, too, when when you're playing a seven-game series, like you just said, obviously guys are going to kind of get grinded down and they're going to get hurt or they're going to be sore. And in a seven-game series, that's going to take a toll and it could cost you some games. So obviously when those moments happen, say Hathaway, you know, gets a little dinged up one game, you have no problem replacing him with a guy like Greer or a guy like Frederick or, or vice versa. You know, you have that versatility now where the grind of a playoff run isn't going to be as bad because you have these pieces in your lineup who could be in there every day who are up on in the ninth floor, healthy scratch for a game and you yeah. can have them coming in fresh and ready to go.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I I can't imagine a playoff series. Let's say hypothetically the Bruins get bounced in the first round. I can't can't imagine that Trent Frederick sits out for the whole series and I can't imagine that Hathaway does either. I feel like they're definitely going to be interchanging players in that fourth line, but I feel like I would start with Hathaway. To see how it goes But like it's yeah, it, it, I And I would tell Frederick too Like listen man This isn't a demotion Like this is the big dogs This is the playoffs And I have I have all the faith That Frederick can go out there And really make an impact On the game But I don't know Like, When the playoffs come around situations get more intense emotions get higher hits are you rub people out on the boards a little harder, you know, you put a little more mustard behind your shots. And I just would trust Hathaway more in that situation than I would Frederick because he's been there. The guys lifted the cup over his head and a player like Nick Felino, although he might not be the most impactful on the stat sheet, you can tell when he's out of the lineup because this Bruins team went on a bit of a skid ever since Uncle Nick came out of the lineup. And I feel yeah. like I don't I don't know. I don't it doesn't seem like Hathaway has the same effect as Nick Felino does in the locker room. I mean, nobody does other than Burger, that yeah,
0: seems like. I was gonna say, yeah. But it's I just would have veteran
1: leadership. Yeah, I would still want that veteran presence. I think I would still value that over uh, most of what Trent Frederick brings. So Yeah. I mean
0: God, it's it's just it's a good problem to have, and it's going to be interesting because Montgomery, depending on what kind of decisions he makes, he might take some heat. Say say the Bruins go down in the series, people are going to start asking like maybe why why is Hathaway in over Frederick or why is Frederick in over Greer? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a good problem to have, but I'm afraid that people are going to jump to conclusions and and blame him
1: a little bit and if, yeah. if things do take a little bit of a turn. Just because yeah. there's so many options. I mean I I I I have all the faith in the world in in Montgomery's mm-hmm. lineups. I think that he's yep. done a lot of what Cassidy wouldn't do last year in the sense yes. that he is not afraid to move guys up and down to make changes to sit guys when he needs to. I mean Looking at this team, if Cassidy was still here, would Frederick have even had this shot? Like, would 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 Greer still be in the AHL? Like would where would Clifton still be your seventh defenseman? Like I like, he he got he gives guys these opportunities to play and he's done a fantastic job all year of managing these guys. Guys are in and out of the lineup. He's putting guys up and down. He put the check line together. He had the balls, to, you know, split up the perfection line. Like people don't yeah. talk about that that enough. I feel and, like and, and stick with it, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and not, not only for a couple of games, JD has been on that first line all season.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, um, especially right now, the real, you know, people are saying, you know, who's going to be the starting goalie? Omar or Swayam, and I feel like the real conversation could be who's going to be that right winger on the fourth line? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got really three guys is, to choose really from. Is. I think that's the harder question right now. That's <laughs> literally the biggest problem the Bruins
0: have going into the playoffs right now. Is <laughs> who is going to be fourth line, right line wing. winger? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: oh, Sean Thornton's role. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously, but I mean, that's I mean, credit to Don Sweeney and Cam Neely for building this team because this is actually insane. It, oh, yeah. It, the, the Zaka signing was so successful. Everybody sees that. Just the, the chemistry that that check line has um, is insane. Zaka's already putting up career high numbers, um, bringing in Tyler Bertuzzi, bringing in Garnet Hathaway, bringing in Dmitry Orlov to a team oh that's God. already stacked and, and that was already the number one team in the league. It's, I it's, can't, inc- it's incredible. And two goalies.
1: Yeah, I I can't think of a guy who had a public perception of him flip as quickly and as substantially as the Bruins front office. I mean, when Bruce Cassidy was fired, that was less than a year ago. That was before the season started, and people were saying that they fired the wrong guy. They were pleading for Don Sweeney to get to to be let go, and they were begging for Cam Neely to be fired. And I mean, yep. I still think Cam Neely is a dumbass when it comes to like managing and putting a <laughs> roster together. I put I, I give Don Sweeney more credit for this team than, than I do Cam Neely. But like, no, like build the statue of Don Sweeney, dude. Like this team <laughs> that he's put together, especially <laughs> if this team wins this, like if this team wins the Stanley Cup, and it's crazy because like. When you think about the 2011 Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup, yeah, wh- who do you think of? Like, what are the what are the names that pop into your head in 2011? Yeah, Seidenberg, Boychuk, Bergeron, Tim Thomas, obviously Thomas, Tim Thomas, Char. When I think Chara. of this season, yep. this year, I'm like Bergeron, Don Sweeney. Like I throw him <laughs> in there like he's on the team. He's one of the first names because his fingerprints and his impact on this team is is paramount. He's constructed oh, yeah. such a wonderful team, especially in the offseason when like the the serious talk, like not even trying to be funny, was like yep. like let's tank for Bedard. <laughs> like yeah. half joking, let's tank for Bedard. Like this team is if, if they're they're at their peak is like a wild card or like a first, like let's just get into the playoffs and see what happens. They they have 11 losses it's They have a real Possibility of setting Two NHL records this year For wins yeah. and points in a season I mean they have the favorite to win The Vesna, the Selkie uh, they have a guy who, yep. unfortunately, is not going to win the Rocket because of McJesus. They right. have the Jack Adams Award winner, probably. They probably have the, we mentioned it before, I don't remember what it's called, the award for the best executive. I yep. mean, in a season that it seemed like you were just begging for something to go right, it turns out that so far everything has gone right. Dude, and you it's a crazy minus-
0: spot to be in. You might as
1: well call the NHL award show just the the Boston Bruins award. Yeah, show. dude. Nobody else show up except for like some <laughs> Maple Leafs and Canadians, so they can we can rub it in their faces. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's definitely it's it, the playoffs are getting so close. I think there's after tonight's game. I think there's either eleven or twelve games left in the regular
1: season. Yeah. Um, they're knocking on the door. It seems like most of the. I mean, other than that, eight seed. Yep. I well, eight, Ooh. seven, eight, nine are really close, but it seems like most of the playoff matchups are pretty much set in the East.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this question: So the wild card teams right now that are fighting for that last wild card spot is the? I know the Pittsburgh Penguins are right there; they're knocking mm-hmm. on the door. Um,
1: Florida the Panthers, Islanders. The Islanders, Islanders are in seventh with eighty-two points and. The Islanders are in seventh with 82 points. The Penguins are in eighth with 80 points, but they have a game yep. at hand. And the yep. Florida Panthers are in ninth with 79 points, and they also have a game at hand.
0: Uh, and the Florida Panthers are going crazy right now. Yeah, they're going seven, nutty. 7-2-1 seven, seven, in their last 10. Um, Matthew Kachuk is sneakily having, if if not for McDavid, he could have he yeah. won the heart. I mean, he's got... Talk about a quiet... Holy shit! Talk about a quiet ninety-six point season with fourteen games left to play.
1: Yeah, dude. His and and it's his first season on a new team as well. Like it could have, it could have went disaster. Like it could have went weird. Like like uh, what's his name? Uh, what's Huberdo? Huberdo doing stinks. up in Calgary? That, yeah. Like and Kachuk went in there. He's like, I want to make Florida my bitch, and he just put up ninety-six points through this season that we've played so far. How many goals does he have? I can't find his goals
0: there. I think he had 32 goals and 68 assists, something like that. Damn. But, but um, Jonathan Huberto, he's got 14 goals and 34 assists. He's got 48 points. And this is a guy who um coming. I mean, he's coming off of a, um, 85 point season with Florida, or I'm sorry, 115 point season with Florida, and he's got 48 points right now. Um, last season he had 85 assists and 30 goals, this year he has 14 goals and 34 assists, and I'm pretty sure they just paid him like 11 million dollars. Yeah, over the next I wonder
1: years. if Calgary regrets that trade. I mean, they got Wegar too, which is a good pickup, but I don't know, know what he's done this too, year.
0: Is that everybody was saying that Florida lost that trade? Like pretty yeah. heavily,
1: and well, it's they, not the case right now. They always say that it doesn't matter how many players go one way or the other. Whatever team gets the best player wins the trade. And yeah. I remember I was like, "Dude, I don't know, man." Like the Florida Panthers gave up their captain and like a top pairing, fringe top pairing, top four, like solid defenseman. Yep. For uh, a Kachak. and holy shit, boy, was I wrong. I wanted to ask you too, too. Speaking though. speaking of um. Like Sneaky players If I had to If I asked you Who the top three players are Right now in, in the league And goals scored Who would you say And how many goals Goals scored Yeah
0: Players or teams Players Players McDavid's number one Yeah He's a I think he's at 60 already Right he just got his 60 At the other night
1: Yeah dude he's crazy
0: Nuts Um After that Not Kaprizov
1: Cause he got hurt
0: Um Pasa. Pasta
1: yeah. Is he two or three? He's two. He's got 48. Okay. I'll give you a hint. This person in third has 47 goals. Probably the quietest 47 goals I think I've seen. What team? And that'll give it away. It will? Yeah.
0: East or West? West. Oh. Um. Uh, in the West? Yep.
1: God, I don't know. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Dude, Miko Rantanen has 47 goals really? this year. Yeah, like the quietest 47. Because I feel like everybody's been, when you when you talk about um, the Avalanche, first player that come to mind is always Kyle McCarr, rightfully so. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of the discussion has been, well, yeah, but just wait till they get Lanniskov back. They don't have Lanniskov. They don't have Lanniskov. We have Nathan McKinnon. Well, he doesn't yeah. even lead their team in goals. Rantanen's got 47. Also, Braden Point has 44 goals. Yeah, Brandon Point sneaky. Holy shit, he could get to fifty this year. I don't see. Uh, I don't see Chris Kreider anywhere on here, huh? <laughs> yeah, <and> he's <laughs> a about one hit wonder? He's back to going offsides.
0: No more rebound goals for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the other teams figured it out. Yeah, um, Patrick Kane stealing all his goals. Who had yeah. like, nine <laughs> points in the last eight games? Looks like he's back.
0: Yeah, he. I think he's. Uh, I think he's gelled with the team finally. Yeah, that um, really
1: sucks. I was yeah. hoping they oh. would
0: hate him. So so uh, circling back who would you who do you want to take that 8 seed or the the last wild card seed that we'd match up with in the first
1: round Do you still think that Washington has no chance I think Washington's dead Damn no I no, If dead. I had if I had to pick one of those teams I think I I think before my answer I don't remember what my answer was I'm going to say Pittsburgh Pittsburgh even though they have Malkin and Crosby. Yep. Um, the Bruins have done a really good job in getting in Tristan Jari's head this year because he's a True. little bitch. <laughs> and they're 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. Um, I know Crosby's an out-of-this-world player, but he's on the other side of 35 now. Same with Malkin. I don't know. I think about their legs. And, and If they were to go to a deep playoff game seven, I don't know. I would think maybe they could slow down or some shit. I don't know. But and, and I'm, it's, it's, like, it's more so I don't want to play the I would rather not play the Islanders or the Florida because I feel like I don't I feel confident the Bruins could beat anybody in the first round. But if they were to walk into a trap series like Tampa Bay against Columbus a couple years ago, I would be a little worried of the Islanders. I think yes. the Islanders would be the team that would kind of make me the most concerned. And Florida can absolutely have Bobrovsky. Yeah. The guy can steal a series yep. in Pittsburgh. Tristan Jarrett cannot do that. So like it's it's Pittsburgh for me.
0: See, in me too. I would out of all three of those teams um I would least want to play. Honestly, I would least want to play the Islanders. Second to them is uh Florida. And then third is Pittsburgh. And like you said, people always say, yeah, Pittsburgh's got, you know, Malkin and Crosby. You got to think about Malkin and Crosby. But guess what? The Bruins have Bergeron. The Bruins have Marshawn. The Don Bruins Sweeney. have Pasternak. The Bruins have Don Sweeney. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Bruins yeah, have they us. They can suit up <laughs> if they want to. The Bruins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, like it's a very valid point to think about those factors when you're talking about Crosby and Malkin. Just because you can never count them out. They're they're generational superstars in the league. They've been there a million times. They know exactly what it's about. So it's true. You can't count them out. But then you got to look at the rest of their team too. I mean, they got like Danton Heinen in there. Um, yeah. like, come on. <laughs> Um Tristan no Jari is not a, no disrespect to Heinen, but like, come on. And they, <laughs> they got Tristan Jari who is, he's, he's not really a strong goalie. He's kind of a bit of a mental head case. He's not given up goals Biddington.
1: that are being shot at the back of his head. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that Cole McDavid had a couple of weeks ago from behind the goal line or something. Yeah. I mean,
0: I I'm in the same boat. I would like to play Pitt. Um, it would be kind of a good way to start your playoff run too. You know, you're going, yeah. you you're beating, you're you're getting by McDavid or McDavid. You're getting by Crosby and you're getting by Malkin. You're not starting off against like the New York Islanders, where yeah, you beat Sorokin, but I mean, who else
1: on the team are you going to be pumped to, yeah. to beat? Like Bo Horvat, yeah. Matt Barzal? You know- you know what kind of uh, is a little disappointing is I was hoping Buffalo would be making a play because yeah, they were too. close, they were right outside, and then two six and two over their last ten. Man, they just kind of forgot how to play one, hockey for a little one, bit there.
0: Once they got on that like fringe bubble, it's like they panicked and they were like, "Oh shit, now what do we?" No, it's play? like they walked into the <laughs>
1: locker room and like saw their jerseys and were like, "Wait, where are the Buffalo Sabers?" And they just <laughs> went back to the team that they've been for the last twenty years. <laughs> yeah, they
0: just they just reverse themselves, but. um, We are probably probably about halfway done with this episode. So I'd like to remind everybody that we are in partnership with Canna Wellness. Canna Wellness offers you four distinct experiences for the different challenges you may face throughout the day. Canna Sleep, Canna Mend, Canna Fresh, and Canna Boost. It's the trusted brand for sports, fitness, and wellness households. With over 50 vitamins, nutrients, and herbal extracts in four compact sprays, it's the most convenient way to get back on track with no pills, water, or messy powders. 90% of nutrients in these oral sprays are absorbed in less than 30 seconds. It's like an entire health food store in your pocket and is endorsed by Olympians, NHL players, and pro sports stars who rely on the Canon Wellness Company to support high performance. Mel, let's talk about each product. He's gone. I don't know where he went. <laughs> Sorry. Ew, I can hear that.
1: It's in my ears. I can hear that in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? I, think so. I was going pee. I was slamming a ball of water. Sorry. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, you just going to read that second half. Yeah, I got to find it. Thank you for muting the mic. Where is this? Oh, here it is. <clears throat> let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Wait, where is the first one? <laughs> oh, here it is. Okay, ready? can a boost gives Wait, you the ability to say. Are you kidding? Me? Do <laughs> do the let's talk about it again and then roll let's talk about it. Canna gives you the ability to skip the coffee and sugary snacks and energize the healthy way. Use daily before you work out when studying for an exam and other times you need increased clarity, stamina and concentration. Canna provides the after party liver support and works fast to relieve hangovers in the morning after drinking. This unique oral spray supplement is blended with 11 vegan vitamins and herbal extracts to replenish your body to combat headache, sickness and lack of energy. Can of Fresh reduces stress and gives your body an immune system boost. Whether you're nervous before presentation or need to calm down after a hectic day, the 11 natural and vegan ingredients in Can of Fresh take the edge off without making you drowsy or unmotivated. Can of Sleep is an all natural and vegan sleep aid, which is convenient and fast absorbing. No mixing beverages, no waiting for gummies to kick in. Just spray, roll over, and snooze. Control your dosage and how much sleep you need. If you want to try these amazing Can of Wellness all natural oral sprays, please go. To canonwellness.com. That is C-A-N-I-Wellness.com. And use our promo code BNG25, that is B N G 25, to get 25% off everything on the CanonWellness.com website. We thank Kenna Wellness for sponsoring this episode and our weekly Boston Bruins related podcast. Sully, back to you.
0: Hell yeah. Um, so I know we got some voicemails. We did. We did. We got a few. Shout out. Yippee. What's the day
1: today? 23rd. We should call this the West oh. Virginia voice. What? Happy late Patrick's Day, by the way. St. Yes. Patrick's Day. Patrick's yes. Day. Hey, happy Pat McCarthy <laughs> Day, man. Happy Happy Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Um, but Did you celebrate? Yeah. Just went out with like the fam. All the Irish. The Irish mob yep. wearing your yep. little uh, Peaky Blinders hats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got we got three voicemails and all three of them are from the same person. Shout out West Virginia. Is it West Virginia? I don't know. Uh, it might be. Country roads. All right, hang on. I'm trying to play it, but my fat thumbs keep hitting the wrong button. Hang on. Wow! What a win! Wow, that was fun to watch and it with the shadow. Hell yeah! Let's go, Bruins. Hell yeah, that was from Sunday, which is when the Bruins were playing the... Oh, that's when they beat the shit out of the Buffalo Sabres. 7-0. Oh, nothing. it was 7-0, right? 7-0. Yep. That, Deal. listen, because there was people, not us and not most Bruins fans, but the talking heads on the radio, I heard them saying, I'm getting a little worried. I don't know. The Bruins, they've dropped some games here. They lost to Edmonton. They lost to Detroit. Uh, you know, they gave up. They lost to Chicago. What's going on in Paradise? Boom, three nothing win against the Jets. Boom, five to two win against a hot Minnesota Wild team. And then, hey, Buffalo, you're thinking about making the playoffs? I know they were already pretty much out of it at that point, but here's seven goals for you. Did the Bruins oh, just score?
0: No, Jeremy Swayman just made an insane save. Oh, Swayman's going after throw Suzuki. Swayman's you know going after Suzuki right now. This is starting in the playoffs. Commentary. Yeah, I commentary on the game. Sway – dude, he's – Oh, I thought Omar was playing tonight at Swayman. No, no. No, it's uh, Sway tonight. But, um, yeah, you got to – I think you got to um, – you got to take into consideration that the Bruins were on a little bit of like a little cold streak. And they were hearing it a little bit from the fans and from media. Like you were saying, like – um. You know, local sports media just kind of dogging on them, and if you're if you're really paying attention to this team and you're really watching every night, you know that there was nothing to worry about. Yeah, like this team, what they went on like a two three game losing streak, little yeah. cold snap. Like, well, I think it was the loss to of Chicago
1: about. that everybody was like. Because they lost to Edmonton, good team. They lost to Detroit on a back to back, so you can kind of justify that. But then they lost to Chicago.
0: Yeah, that was the weird. <laughs> and, that was and, the turn. Yeah,
1: and people were like, yep. hang on a minute. And then they've done nothing since then but just go on a four, four game winning streak with some pretty impressive wins in the process. So that caller also called twice on Monday and left two other voicemails. Yep. Here is the first one.
0: Hey, uh, I have a genuine question here because this I'm new to hockey so this is my first time I'll be watching the playoffs
1: is there a reason why we wouldn't switch between all markets in the playoffs you I know what genuinely I'm
0: curious if there's like a particular reason behind that thanks you know what that's actually a really good point and I was gonna ask you that later in the show but I, I, why wouldn't you just go with what's been working, you know, all well, Mark two Swayman one. And I understand I like in playoffs, you kind of want that consistency, but if it's been working for you like this all season, like we said, we've lost 11 games. Um, if it's working for you, why, why change it? You know
1: what I mean? Yeah. But we had a, uh, we had a voicemail earlier a couple months ago. I want to say from Ethan resident yes. goalie, goalie expert from the pod. And, um, goalie is there's so much mental warfare that goes into being a goaltender Mm. that you can't do that to a guy, have him start a game, doesn't know if he's going to start the next game. It's all about getting in the groove. It's all about getting your edges set. It's all about getting your feet wet, seeing shots, getting uh, momentum going. Right. And and if you were to play a game, not know if you're playing the next game. Oh, no, I'm not playing that game, but now I'm back playing game four. Suddenly, the next game's an elimination game. You can't do that yeah. to a goalie. And that's going to do more harm than good. It's different in the regular season because the stakes aren't as high. There's not as much pressure on you. I mean, every single shot that a goalie sees could be the difference from his team going home and not going back out in the ice until the following September or progressing onto the next round. So you yeah. pick with your one goalie in the playoffs and you roll with it. And The Bruins are probably, they should start with Olmark. If they end up switching to Swayman, I would not be surprised if they then rode Swayman the rest of the way, because you can't do that. It's not the regular season. It's a playoff stakes are higher, pressure's higher. And there's nothing like a hot goalie can absolutely steal a series. And it doesn't matter. Like we saw, like I I tweeted a couple weeks ago, one of the most impressive playoff performances I've ever seen is that 2012 la kings team yeah they were they were they were the eight seed they went 16 and four on their way to winning the stanley cup every single series they played in including the stanley cup they started up three nothing they played the team that won the president's trophy they almost swept them they played their division winner they almost swept them i think they played arizona in the western conference finals and then the stanley cup finals they almost swept them too Big team performance, but that was Johnny Quick's coming out party. Like that was all him. And because he's a hot goalie, and given he didn't have a goalie like Swayman breathing down his neck, where if he didn't play well, then he was going to get pulled. But he was in the zone, and it's all about finding your momentum, finding your groove. And that's why you pick a goalie in the playoffs and you go with it. If you're pulling a guy, he's not, he should not see the ice for the rest of the playoffs because that's just how it goes. But it's a lot, the stakes are higher when. Comparing playoffs to uh, regular season, it definitely when you're when you're talking about goaltenders.
0: Yeah, I, I actually I don't mind that perspective. It it's it makes sense, and and you know once you need that goalie to kind of get into his groove, like you just said, and and I mean you saw it with Thomas in 2011, you saw it with Quick in 2012. Um, it, it, Florida didn't win the cup, and or I'm sorry, not Florida, Columbus didn't win the cup in 2018, but. Uh, but Barofsky was able to be that guy for all four games against Tampa Bay, the, yeah. the best team ever yeah. as of right now, and, and I mean, sweep them out of the playoffs. And you saw that because they, he was consistently in net. So I, I, I understand that. Um, I think you you use Swayman, you know, um, when it calls for it. Yeah. But you ride all, Mark. You have to ride yeah. all,
1: Mark. I mean, goalies, goalies are, they're creatures of habit. And yes. they have their things, and they have to get locked in. They have their rituals, like everybody does. And if you have a guy, right, like uh, cross sports, LeBron James deletes all of his social media for media for the playoffs. Zero dark thirty, right? Yeah. Brad Marchand yeah. jokingly, yeah, I deleted my Twitter because I don't want to play for it, but he all because I don't want to pay for it. But he also added, I can also get ready for the playoffs. It's probably better for me. Yeah, like yep. it's it's like everything. All the outside noise gets turned off. You focus on what you have to do. It's the playoffs. This is when everything counts. You do your rituals. You get ready for the game. You go out there. And if you have to think, damn, I really got to play well or else they might start swaying next game. That's yeah. going to affect how a guy is performing. So you ride your guy. You trust your guy. You get him. You know. You make sure you know that he's the guy to go in there. And you're right. If 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 Olmark is a starter, or even if Swayman's a starter for game one, that's going to be your starter. And if he sucks yeah, and know. he's struggling... Pull him. I'm all about that. And then you reassess. Then if you go back to Olmark for the next game, or then if you keep riding with Swayman. But you yeah. can't. You can't enter the playoffs saying, "Oh, we'll start Olmark this night, and then and then we'll we'll start Swayman for game two. You can't do that to a goalie. You gotta let him go out there and perform.
0: Yeah, and, and unlike a lot of teams, you know, in the league, the Bruins have the benefit of of basically having two starting goalies. They mm-hmm. got they got either guy that they can roll with. If Omar's struggling one night and it's obvious and it's you can tell that he's just mentally not there, which I mean we haven't really seen at all at any point yeah. in the season. But if it happens and you know you have a, a more than a reliable guy on the bench And Swayman that can come in and shut the door too So it's a good problem to have It's a good thing for the Bruins heading into the playoffs um, But I'm with you I would say Allmark gets 90% of the starts In, in yeah. playoffs
1: yeah. yeah. That was a great question. I feel like, I feel like a lot of people, cause even I've been listening to that, uh, on the radio when people are talking about, and I, it pisses me off. We always have to talk about the radio because we also always talk about how much we hate them, but I can, we can't stop listening. Damn it. But yeah. they were also talking about, you know, not just the conversation. wasn't just, who do you start? Omar or Swayman. It was, do you go back to the rotation of what they're doing in the regular season? And it just really bothered me that, um, they're like, oh, yeah, no, you can start whoever and, you know, yeah, do a rotation. Why not? And it's like, no, yeah. you, that's exactly what you don't do. History has proven that that's exactly what teams stay away from. You pick your guy and you roll with them. Well, they were the ones who started the whole,
0: the whole, you know, oh, you got two hot goalies, trade one of them. They yeah. started that whole discussion.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if you could get more for Olmark, i trade him. What the yeah. hell are you talking about, man?
0: This is why nobody takes... Bosses, sports media seriously
1: yeah especially or when they, they come shouldn't anymore. hockey alright all right. we oh, also man. got one more voicemail from that caller last time calling okay I promise this is my last time calling y'all and I'm sure you've seen it I'm sure you have but I figured we should all have a, a collective laugh about <laughs> Walmart giving Swayman a bite of chicken wing
0: during his post oh, yeah. interview and Carlo giving him a bite of pizza because I've just been laughing about that since it happened Thanks, guys.
1: Did you see that video?
0: I did. That's so funny.
1: Oh, I my think. gosh. I, Swayman's so polite, too, because he, he, like, took a bite of the wing or something, and then, and then he was, like, chewing it, and she was ready to go. and He's like, hang on. Give me a minute or something. <laughs> he was, like, laughing about it. Yeah. But, yeah, it no. Like it's the,
0: it literally in the middle of the question. He's like, hang on, hang on.
1: <laughs> yeah. I've, like, I've never seen anything like that the camaraderie in the relationship between two guys competing for one position like Olmark and Swayman. I mean the, the level of security that they must have in this franchise and in their positions is like insane to me. Cause I'm sure Linus Olmark understands that um, Swayman is a lot more affordable. He's like five years younger um, he's more athletic than I am. I mean, I'm sure he looks at that and goes like, this guy is going to seriously be coming for my job. But like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't look at that. And in the same sense too, Swayman's probably like, damn, like this is the last guy I have to hurdle over to make, to get this starting role. And they even, they brought, I don't know when they drafted Swayman, but it's not like Olmark was developed here either. They brought him in right. and like, they're literally best friends. Like they're inseparable. Like you would have no idea that these are two guys fighting for the same spot, you know? And it, yeah. and it showed that when uh, Omar was feeding him a chicken wing and Carlo was giving him a bite of his <laughs> pizza,
0: <laughs> dude, it's like it's it, their locker room chemistry just as a whole reminds me of like a uh, high school hockey team. Everybody's just kind of goofing around, having a good time, and mm. and it it makes it better obviously because they're winning. Like it's a giant part of it. Like you can't be acting that way if you're a mid tier team or or a bottom yeah. team. So that definitely well, helps.
1: but That's a perfect way to say it. They're like a high school hockey team. Because yeah. I was watching um, – <laughs> did you see the clip when uh, all the Bruins players were stre- like stretching out? Marshy was on the foam, the foam roller. And I think it was Hathaway. Or it might have been Bertuzzi. One of them walked in because they just got traded. And they were like dabbing guys up. And Marshan was there and he was like, oh, what do we got here? Look at this guy. <laughs> and Marshan was, was like, oh, like – I like everybody in the league right now because all the assholes are on my team. Yeah. You know? and it's just <laughs> like, Oh my God. Like this, the level of jesting is what you would find, uh, on a high school hockey team. But I also wanted to ask you too, um, did you happen to listen to that spit and chicklets podcast where they interviewed Chara? Yes, I did. That was amazing.
0: It, it was um, such a good, one of the better it, interviews they've ever it had. Was
1: so if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to go listen to it after you listen to this Uh, but the newest podcast that they just released was uh, with Mike Milbury last week's they interviewed I think it was last week's they interviewed Chara and uh, they Mm -hmm. talked about how he came over here but he gave some like great insight into the mindset of the Bruins locker room in 2011 during that Stanley Cup run and what it's like to play with Bergeron and their and, and their levels of captaincy and 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 all that stuff and like it's funny, too, because like in, especially like Boston fans, like we all love Patrice Bergeron to a point where it, it brought out a little bit of disdain for Chara because he was wearing the sea yeah. and we wanted Bergeron, too. But like Chara was like he profusely was saying, like, I was not the captain of the Bruins. I was the co-captain with Patrice Bergeron. Yes. I couldn't have done anything without Bergeron. Like we had such different leadership styles and like i needed him to counteract with my leadership styles and it was just like oh man like to hear that from from chara like this polarizing figure like telling you like what was going on in the locker room it was really cool it was really insightful you got to see some behind the behind the curtains of what those Bruins teams have been like for the last decade and a half or fifth 16 seasons he was here in boston
0: yeah no i mean it's listening to that interview just made me even more appreciative than I already was having Chara as our captain for almost, I mean, it was more than a decade, right? Yeah,
1: yeah no, it, it he was, was more here than for a decade. like, cause he, when he signed with the Bruins, they gave him the C and yeah. he was actually, I don't want to give it away for people to go listen to the episode, but he was talking about when the Bruins signed him, how uh, like Ray Bork called him on the phone when, when Chara was a free agent and was like, listen, man, like we need you to come here and change the culture because it's been a laugh like they had char said they they had a new coach shirelli just came over from ottawa um there was a bunch of new pieces they had no captain because joe thornton was gone so like they needed somebody to come over and and change the culture and char came over here and he did that like even though he's not in this team anymore and he hasn't had a spoke be in his chest for a couple years now like his fingerprints are still all over this team in terms of the culture and the leadership and everything that he put in place and if you don't believe that or if you want to hear more about it I very strongly encourage you to go listen to his interview because think, it's it's amazing
0: uh when he was initially being interviewed in uh his draft year I believe it was Mike Milberry who mm-hmm. who asked him in the uh sit down interview he asked Chara if he fights and Chara said it's better to not fuck with me that was his answer to Mike
1: Gilbert. So and I mean, people that learned just, that the hard way. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm. They never learned. They never yeah. learned. My oh favorite my clip. God. My favorite clip of him fighting ever was him fighting David Kochi on the Chicago Blackhawks. If you haven't seen it, I'm I'm telling you, go on YouTube right now. Look up Zdeno Chara versus David Kochi, K O C I. And it's one of the most electric Jack Edwards calls of all time. That's a non goal. <laughs> he, 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 Chara literally broke this guy's nose in like seven different pieces, and he was his fate. It looked like he just got. Out of a fight with like an axe murderer, the guys yeah. the guy's face was just spattered with blood. Jack Edwards is going crazy on the call. He says like he's like, David Kochi looks like he's making a donation to the Red Cross. <laughs> there
1: is blood spattering all over the circle. Oh man, it I miss that, the, Jack Edwards. Oh my god, I do too, man. But I don't know if that's the same fight. But I remember my wallpaper on like no. our old like box computer downstairs was the picture of Chara's fist and it was like six inches from the guy's face like he punched him in the face and I was pulling his fist back and there was just a trail of blood in the air from this guy's face leading to Chara's it was it was like it's like you're watching The Revenant. Like yeah. this guy <laughs> is just out here, like fighting bears and shit. It was um, it was amazing. I would I would very much encourage people to listen to that podcast. And for all, the, all our old head listeners, the Mike Milbury podcast that came out this week is really cool. Yes. There's a lot of interesting stories about Ray Bork and Bobby Orr and Cam Neely, what they were like, and Phil Esposito as well. So, yep. I encourage people to go listen to that.
0: Yeah, um, Spittin' Chocolate says uh, they've been putting out some pretty quality Bruins content lately. Even though yeah. they're uh,
1: all NHL podcasts, they've had some uh, Bruins-related guests. Yeah, it's nice to hear. I wanted to, um, for our DMs, I wanted to make sure that I answered this question because, let me find it because I totally forgot about it. Andrew, Andrew McCarthy. You can follow him on Twitter at boss and ax guy. Good dude. I went to high school with him. He's doing his thing, throwing axes too. I watch him all the time on his Twitter. Um, He sent us a DM like two episodes ago and I forgot to read it. The last couple episodes wanted to make sure that we answer his, he asked when playoff time comes around, how short of a leash do you think Omar has if they lose two off the bat? Do you think they put in Swayman or ride Omar to the bitter end? Um, I, if they lose two straight to start a series and it's, it's, you know, it's all, uh, fault. <laughs> fault. Yeah.
0: I would say they go sway for that third game.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I would have to agree. I don't, I mean, I don't, th- I don't think he's going to, he's not going to have a short leash at all. I wouldn't no. think, um, if the Bruins are down two nothing in the series and it's like a three, two loss and like, a one lost and no I think they're still rocking with Sway with Olmark but like you said if they lose game one like five to two but the Bruins outshot him by 30 and they lose game two like three to one and again the Bruins outshot him by 12 then yeah I think you roll Swayman for game three
0: yeah just to, just to kind of switch it up a little bit but definitely not uh, on a short lease. Um, If if he was having just an average season then maybe but like we, like we were saying earlier, too, you kind of have to let goalies get into that groove. So even if he has a relatively rough game one, you still go with him game two. You have yeah. to let him fight through that. Um, not saying he's going to have anything to fight through because I don't think he's going to. But um, regardless of how game one goes, you still go all mark game two.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Did you get any DMs? I didn't get yeah. it. We also got this
0: DM from Natasha Gershon. Shout out Natasha. Um shout out Loyal loyal DMer. Um, yeah. you can follow Also, her. no, no,
1: serious shout out to Natasha. Cause whenever somebody tweets like, can somebody recommend a good Bruins pot? She's always there tagging us in the comments. Yeah. We, ap- we appreciate Natasha.
0: you. <laughs> Thank you, Natasha. Um, you can follow her on Twitter at NG3400. Uh we were we've kind of been talking about this. But this is a hypothetical one game situation. So in a Stanley Cup clinching game, do you go Olmark or Swayman? Omark. Omark. Yep. O-mark yeah. Olmark,
1: yeah. Yeah, you got it. The
0: thing is, like, like it is if 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 Omark wasn't having a runaway Vesla season like he is, and they were kind of similar in stats, it would be more of a Debate, I guess, but I mean, Swayman's numbers right now are arguably better than most starters in the league. As it yeah, is so it's so it's definitely. not out of it's like it's not out of the question to have this debate, but it's just because Allmark has been so dominant all year. It's impossible not to. Here's, go with
1: him. here's the question though: Do you okay? Do you feel like Allmark can carry this team to a Stanley Cup Finals?
0: Yes. Do you I feel do. like
1: Do you feel like Swayman can? If it's if it's all sway, like like if it's all sway, uh, not this year. Yeah, that's because that's where I'm at, too. And yes. I think that factors in as well, like Linus Olmark yeah, he's had a couple game, couple bad games this year. But there's been like weeks and months between them. It's felt like where like Swayman, like he started the year off shitty. Uh, yep. He might put together like two or three bad games in a row. And when it's the playoffs, man, a goalie can't have a single bad game because you need every single win. And if you're gonna be riding one guy all the way through the playoffs, you, I feel like myself, definitely, I feel like most people would feel much more comfortable with Linus Omark leading your team into the Stanley Cup Finals, having him steal a game or two in a series than having to rely on Jeremy Swayman doing the same. I, no yeah. hate on Swayman. Like you said, man, his numbers, he's been incredible this year. But I, I, just, I still think that there's more development in his game that he can get to. Like He can still be better than he is right now, which is really saying something. I think Swayman can really be good. But with the season that Omar's having, man, if the Bruins are to get to the Stanley Cup Finals, it's, it's probably because Olmark has been starting the whole way, not because Swayman's in there.
0: Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. It's if you if you're gonna really go on a deep run, like there is no difference, you know, between any other team and the Bruins. You're going to need to have a hot goalie. Yeah. Goalies win you series in the NHL. And luckily the Bruins have two of yeah. uh, the best goalies <laughs> in the league. Yeah. Um, but now we're gonna move on real quick to our spank bank of the week segment. Ooh. Um so for this week we have um a handful of them. This this yeah. one was nasty. If you I almost got another this one this
1: morning, but did you wait, did you did you see Crosby's goal? The backhand one? The one when he like when he just geeked that guy out of his skates yes. right over the blue line. Oh my god. I don't know if we if we shared that one, but that one should be up here too.
0: It should be the ones that we did share on the account. Um, one was the Sebastian Aho overtime goal uh, against Philly absolutely disgusting. He just took the puck uh, through the neutral zone. And he just completely danced Tony D'Angelo. I mean, puck through the legs, blocker side on. I believe it was Carter Hart. Carter Hart oh, had no idea where the puck was. He <laughs> went, puck went into the back of the net and then out, oh, and he's he's still in the net. He's like looking around <laughs> like where did the puck go? He's confused. <laughs> yeah. So so that's one nominee, Sebastian Ajo. Um, and if you didn't see this one, our our second nominee of the week was Rhett Pitlick of um, I want to say. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm watching Minnesota Minnesota, and Michigan. Oh, my God. That was
1: one of the most obscene goals I've ever seen.
0: That that might be one of the best goals in college hockey history. I mean, that poor defenseman, dude, he got sent down to his knees and he slid to the corner.
1: He's transferring, dude. He's out of there. You (laughs) can't. that, That was, I mean, he walked him like a dog from the. He picked the puck up in between. His own team's red line and blue line, and then just yep. turn around and just looked at this kid like he was fresh meat. And then just went in and just absolutely walked him and scored. And that was a big game, too. That was a Big Ten tournament championship to take the lead three, to two in the, the third period. Yeah. That was the take the lead in the third period. He walked him like a freaking dog. Yeah. Oh so if, if you God. haven't seen
0: that yet, look up hashtag Spank Bank of the Week and it should be uh under our podcast account. It's Rhett Pitlick of Minnesota. Absolutely disgusting. Mm. but our, our third and final nominee of this week is um, Edmonton Oilers, Matthias Ekholm walks down the boards just unleashes a clapper from essentially the slot and just <laughs> ripped it past oh, uh, yeah. James Reimer top shelf right over his oh, yeah. glove I think Literally. I tweeted at
1: that like what a, what a- Dick move, man. I know. Like to, to go in on a goalie and wind up and take a clapper when you're like six feet from him, Like, come on. You
0: know, I'm watching the highlight right now. He's literally
1: below the dot. Like <laughs> and there's there's nobody in front of the net either. No. Like everybody, it's just him and the goalie, and he just winds up and takes a like a half
0: clap off. Dude, if I'm James Reimer in that situation I see him load up like that, I'm like, oh my god oh my god no uh, <laughs> this is gonna yeah, hurt no, so bad
1: i'm fighting him
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'm i'm dropping my trapper i'm dropping oh my. my blocker and i'm just swinging like George i'm Bennington. waiting for
1: him in the parking lot dude oh yeah. my god that was so funny
0: just now no, he'll stay on there but maybe you go with ages, but here's aho the seventh of his career and an unlikely turn of events. They tie the game with 0.2 seconds to go and they win the game 28 seconds into overtime.
1: For a moment, now it's Brodzinski and Minnesota the other way. of the season. 44 on the year to McDavid. Open is Eckholm to the net. Stores. We are tied at four. Eckholm second of the night is the equalizer.
0: What a night for Matias Eckholm. Great highlight reel goal on the backhand side earlier in the game and he absolutely crushes this one. Leon Dryso draws so much attention. Two sharks to him, two sharks to McDavid. That leaves that hole wide open. And he walks in. Great patient play. Our winner of the second annual Spank Bank of the Week award goes to Brett Pitlick. Oh, Minnesota. Yeah, deservedly I deservedly mean, so. Dude, deservedly so. Come on. I mean, that's disgusting. That was gross. I'm pretty Wait, sure that it's kid, um the it college playoffs too. Is he what?
1: Yeah, it, it is right now. Do you know if he's a is he a prospect? Is he drafted?
0: I'm, uh, what, I'm What's his
1: name? Can you say it again?
0: Rhett Pitlick. I'm pretty sure he got drafted by um Rhett? Oh, that's
1: how you spell Rhett. Oh my god, he's in yeah, Montreal.
0: Yeah, I mean, dr- uh, drafted in 2019, fifth-round pick, 131 no, overall by the Montreal Canadiens.
1: Damn, he's a Canadian. That sucks, yep. dude. Canadian's yep. so, got that guy on BU, too, who's nice.
0: Yeah. Dude uh, who just
1: dude yeah, who just won the Hockey East, what, Rookie of the Year some shit?
0: Yup. Yeah, Good so, I mean, uh, Rhett Pitlick, too, um, has a cousin in the NHL, Tyler Pitlick. So, they Tyler got a little Pitlick, bit of yeah. uh, NHL blood in them. Ah, uh, but um, yeah, so congrats to Brett Pitlick, Minnesota Spank Bank of the Week award winner. For week your
1: two. your certificate will be coming in the mail rather shortly. You know, we do have it in at the post office.
0: We do, yes, we do. <laughs> um, so congrats to him, um, and also you know what? So for tonight's game, we'll we'll do this and then probably close up. But tonight's game um, had some bets going. Uh as as many know the Black and Gold Productions LLC was recently sponsored by FanDuel. Um if you if you know if you're of age in Massachusetts sports gambling is now live. Uh you can go to fanduel.com/boston um use FanDuel for for all your gambling needs. Um it's a great website to go through. It's a great one to use. Um always up to date on the odds and always, you know, c- constantly updated but
1: Tonight, oh, I believe you also get $200 in free bets if you refer a friend. So, yes. uh d- well, DM me. I'll give you my code.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so free free 200 bucks for everybody. But for tonight's game against Montreal, this was the one I was teasing earlier. So, I've I've bet this six times already. Um Jake DeBrusk over, under shots on goal is set at two and a half, and I take the over every time and it hits every single game. Really? So, yep. So, for this game, I took Jake Debrusk um, over two and a half for shots. I also took Jake Debrusk over um, 0.5 for points. That one already hit. He has a goal. And then I took David Krejci for points as well. Uh, I also took AJ Greer anytime goal scorer, and if Obviously, this is coming Why'd out. Why'd you do that? Because he was plus 400. And I, I <laughs> like he hasn't scored in a while. But yeah, but you he, know why. <laughs> dude. He got he got kicked out of the game in the first period. So, <laughs> so, so, so there goes that one.
1: <laughs> oh my god! No, that's we should do a bad bet segment too. You want to talk bad bets? Talk I about a, a
0: bad bet, AJ Greer, anytime dude, goal score. Yeah, I had a,
1: that serves you right. Honestly, that's what you yeah. get for getting AJ Greer anytime goal score. I had a bet. I think it was last week. I threw a parlay down uh, in the yep. NBA. It, the Grizzlies were playing the Heat. I bet uh, that. It was like plus 1,300 or some shit. It was one of the ones that they they uh, like sponsor. And I bet that Jimmy Butler would score uh, 25 or more points. Bam Adebayo would score 20 or more points. And Desmond Bain would score, I think it was 18 or more points. I checked. There was like six minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler at 27. So that hit. Bam at a Bio had 21, so that hit, and Desmond Bain got thrown out of the game no. with 11 points in the fourth quarter. On my way, I threw like five bucks down. I would have made like 900 bucks, and oh, I was I was so mad. But that was a bad bet. But I don't I I I don't think that's as bad as. Uh, that an A.J. anytime goal score and he gets tossed on his first shift of the game.
0: That is tough. And as, as we say that too, Montreal scores. It's a 3-2 game now. 347 uh, oh to go in the God. same period. But um let's let's wrap up this episode with a little three-game prediction. We're we're not gonna do the Montreal game because uh you know, this one's basically over already. Well, not really, but whatever. So um we'll we'll do Tampa game, hurricane game and predators game. So Saturday, uh Bruins against Tampa in Boston mel prediction.
1: Um I'm going to say that they lose that one. Okay. I'm going to say th- I'm going to say 3 to 1. 3 to 1 loss? Yep. I'm going to say a
0: 5-3 win.
1: Okay. I yeah. like that.
0: Yep. Yeah. Actually, no, only- you know what? Five to two win. Omark masterclass. He's not blending oh, up more than two. He's not blending up more than two. I
1: like it. No, uh, I only said that they would lose against Tampa because what you're about to say. The next day they play Carolina on yep. the road. Yep. I feel like the Bruins are getting up uh, with a little more, skipping their step to play the Carolina Hurricanes and they are... The Tampa Bay Lightning. So I'm going to say that the Bruins are going to win that game in overtime, three Ooh. to two.
0: I'm going to say the Bruins win that game in Carolina. They're going to make a statement, and I think it's going to be a six to three win.
1: Oh, wow. Yep. That would be huge for morale. Not that Big. they need any more.
0: Big. And then they returned back home against Nashville. Uh, give me the prediction on that one.
1: Well, here's my, my thought about Nashville. Mm-hmm. Speaking about bad bets, <laughs> I threw, I, I literally think it was one or it might've been $3 down on like a 10 game parlay the other day that I was tweeting about. If you follow me, you, you probably saw it. Um, and there was two teams that didn't hit and Nashville was the first because they lost to Chicago and I was actually so oh mad. God. I stayed up and I watched a Tampa Bay lightning play the Toronto Maple Leafs in a shootout. I was scrolling through Twitter like a madman getting updates because I took the Tampa money line <laughs> and yeah. then they hit. And it was like, it was euphoria. Like I couldn't, I was like, Holy, I was already thinking in my head. It was like, I put down three bucks or five bucks. Whatever it was, it was a 10 game parlay. It might've been 12 actually. So it would have been like a, like a $4,000 chunk of change in my pocket if this shit hit. And I was looking, I was like, oh my God, Bruins won, Tampa won, Edmonton won, Rangers won, <laughs> Pittsburgh won. And then it was 2-0 with 50 seconds left in the game, and Chicago was beaten in Nashville. And that was right after uh, Chicago had beaten the Bruins too. So I was like, what is going on? There's nope. some sort of conspiracy going around in the NHL right now, but uh, <laughs> I would have lost it anyways. Cause one of the, one of the games later that night didn't hit, but that's a long way for me to say that the Bruins are going to win four to one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I like that. I'm going to roll with that too. Four one. Bruins, no, no, one you basketball. can't do that. Can't you got to fix
1: something mouse. All right. All right. Five, two. Oh, five, two. Seen, yeah. You should have said four to one. I think it's more likely.
0: <laughs> Lots of goals in the forecast for the Bruins in these next three games. But um, yeah, so um, Funky Murphy's, Saturday, April 1st, Marlborough, Massachusetts, Black and Gold Productions, Watch Party, everybody's invited, um, drinks for everybody, if you're 21 and over. Um, On mark, don't forget. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah so with with that being said i hope everybody is there i hope i see a lot of people down there uh i'll be there and a whole bunch of other people will be too so looking forward to that but hey with that being said this was actually I'd like to remind everybody that we are in partnership with the Black Oh, he almost me. forgot Get his ass <laughs> He almost forgot Get him you, you can follow them on Twitter at BNG Productions You can follow myself on Twitter at underscore Mike Sullivan You can follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Melanson underscore And you can follow our podcast account on Twitter at Ruin Something No G at the end Thank you all for listening <laughs>
1: already right. yeah. Here we go. <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>